Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Good morning and welcome in. Miller and Condon on the air with you here on a Thursday as we talk the world of sports. Taking up until 1 o'clock this afternoon, a packed show for you for the next two hours as we break everything down on the local front. Another triple-double for Caitlin Clark. We'll talk Hawkeyes and the continued search for an offensive coordinator with the football program. we got a lot going on there. How about the comeback victory from the Iowa State women last night? Down 19, they come roaring back. And that young group playing some good basketball as they begin Big 12 play. We'll talk about that. we got that going on on the men's side of things. It was a win for the Drake Bulldogs as they move themselves up into a tie for first place in the MVC. You and I Panthers also get a win. I gave you some winners, too. And we'll try to do it again. 3-1 and one against the number yesterday in our picks. That takes us on the week to a sparkling 7-2. and two. And we'll look to continue that later in the program. Coming up today on the BMW Des Moines guest list, we kick things off as we have all week long. Ken Miller checking in from the road. He will stop in here momentarily, and we will talk with Ken. Everything going on in what has been a crazy 24 hours since we exited the airwaves in the coaching world. It started with Pete Carroll. That's a big one. Then it goes to Nick Saban, maybe the biggest one. Oh, no, here goes Bill Belichick. His days in New England are over. A lot to get into there and a whole lot of football coming up this weekend. Speaking of football, Dave Sinekin, the head cheese, is going to join us. We'll talk Packers, Cowboys with him. Break down things and that defense that has shown some signs of life over the last couple of weeks. Was it a mirage against the Vikings and the Bears or hope? Going into Dallas. Dave Sinekin at the bottom of the hour. Your opportunity to win chicken wings from the chicken coop coming up at about 11.50 here this morning. And then the second hour, David Eichel talking Hawkeyes at 12.05. Bama Bob on Nick Saban coming up at 12.30. And then my picks to end the program. It's a busy one and making his way back here to Iowa. Boy, what timing, Ken Miller. You picked a perfect time to be out of the state of Iowa, but coming back into it, we got some snow waiting for you and more coming overnight. Yeah, you know what? Um, I almost need my head examined. Why, why, why am I in such a rush to get back, you know? <laughs> um, and, and Trent, I, we, Cindy and I have both been trying to you know, figure out how to approach this next 24 hours. Do we stay in Oklahoma? Do we get to Kansas City? Are we going to be able to get through Iowa? Um, I don't know. I just, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, if we were, if I was 45, 55, or whatever, and I, you know, wasn't thinking the way I, I want to believe now, I've grown up, Trent, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. that that uh, that I'm going to, you know, use prudence and, and be a little cautious. Um, but I'm, I think we're going to try and get home tomorrow because, you know, I, I don't, it's supposed to last to what, midnight tomorrow night, but maybe taper off throughout the afternoon. The winds aren't going to taper off by all accounts. But as long as the interstates are open, and prior to leaving, you know, on this journey, we, um, I reached out on the air to some of the truckers that listened to us and, <laughs> and asked their advice on, on uh, you know, how to find rest stops along the way. So maybe somebody can show up in uh, my Twitter uh, at I'm Ken Miller with some advice as to what they would do through this. I, I just don't know. I don't know. Uh, but uh, we're going we're gonna to take the safe way out, even if that means 
you know, spending one more night in a hotel, which I clearly don't want to. Yeah, I, one thing I did wonder. So you're famously uh, a little different. We talk about your eating habits, <laughs> your your peanut butter sandwiches uh, before the show, your late night dinners that you have at 10 o'clock, things that you got fresh, and then you wait to reheat them at 10 o'clock. So what about on the road? I mean, how, how does eating go for Same. a guy that is so particular about the way he does things? Same. <laughs> yeah, no, nothing, nothing changes, really. Um uh, can we make it or go on? Uh, go on. All right, sorry about that. That's all right. Uh, I had to check in. There's a boss in the back seat. It's we're, we're in eastern New Mexico, uh-huh. um, and there's not a lot. Um, yeah, it's been you know same old, same old. Uh, I watched Drake on my phone last night. Brad Wells and Evan Eckert. That was a big game. Good for Drake. Big uh, tall behind and. Tucker DeVries had one of those nights, right, that he's had a number of those nights wearing a Bulldogs uniform. And so I watched that on the uh, on the iPad and uh, kept up with the Iowa women and the Iowa State. And I mean, look, Iowa women were Clark, as Caker calls her. And I think that's the best nickname I've heard, box office. I really believe yeah. that. I think that's great because she is. She sells out wherever she goes. Um you know, it's more than they want to believe over at Cyclone Fanatic. No one outside the state of Iowa even knows who she is, yeah, right. um, which couldn't be any further from the truth. But I think box office is a great nickname. But it was the Iowa State women mm-hmm. who were down 19 last night. And that freshman class and Emily Ryan, I know she's not part of it. She played a big role in it. Great to see her, you know, being out, out there on the floor and uh, really being a, uh, um, you know, a guiding voice for those, for those, that talented freshman group. Uh, that Fennelly's been able to assemble. So, um, yeah, that was kind of the story of uh, at least locally last night. But, man, oh, man, Trent, the coaching news. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you hit the nail on the head. Started in Seattle with Pete Carroll. Wow, that's big. And then a couple hours later, here comes Nick Saban. Wow. <laughs> you know, hold my beer. <laughs> Bill Belichick decides uh, that he is finished. So just a remarkable, remarkable um, not even 24 hours, right? 20 hours or yeah. so of coaching news and some of the biggest names um, in the in the profession. So just amazing, amazing. And who's going to follow those spots? Do you want to be the guy? No. Do you want to be the guy that follows Saban? Do you want to be the guy that comes in after him? You always want to be the guy that follows the guy. I mean, it, it right. goes without saying, and we've seen that happen time after time. Let's start with Alabama. And in that program, you know, there's young people that listen to us and people that are, are not in their 40s like me or 60s like you. And they don't remember Alabama not being a thing. I mean, I, I think no. of Lucas, you know, who who come in here. He doesn't have memories of Alabama being the disaster it was for decade plus after Gene yes. Stallings had things run in and, and they had their own set of issues after that. I mean, we're talking early 90s until, what, 2007 when Saban got there. That's a long stretch of time where they were irrelevant. They were playing Iowa State in an Independence Bowl, and that was a big deal right. for Alabama just to be to a bowl. Tony Elk's kick was good. It was good, absolutely was. Yeah. You know, that's and this program has morphed into something that is unsustainable for anybody. They could make the perfect hire. I don't know who that perfect hire is. They could make the perfect hire, have a guy that can be as successful as anybody else in that role, but it's not going to be enough. It just isn't. The expectation level has gone to a place that they will never be able to recover for. I don't think in either of our lifetimes, we're going to be talking for the rest of your life, the rest of my life, about Alabama chasing the shooting star that is never going to come back. Nobody Mm -hmm. has been able to do anything close to what we saw with Nick Saban over the last 15-plus years. 
No, you're 100% right, Trent. You, ju- you just wonder, um, you know, what, what Alabama football is going to be because you, in recent memory, okay, maybe not for Lucas and, you know, some of the, his, his demographic, um, they've been on top. They've, been, they've worn the target that everybody's gone after. It's going to be fascinating because the transfer portal is now back open for Alabama Crimson Tide players. And what happens there? And I know there's a lot of eyeballs uh, over in Iowa City that are wondering if a certain left tackle might want to come home. Um, but we'll, what we'll see is there a mass exodus of, out of Alabama. Mm-hmm. What is that recruiting class that is about to come in? And while I don't know where it's ranked, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's top 15, top 10, somewhere there. It always is. Uh, so what, what does this mean? Uh, in the changing landscape of college football. But boy, oh boy, oh boy, what a legacy he leaves. And, you know, Lane Kiffin just signed a new deal at Ole Miss. I would have thought that he'd have been a target. Uh, I'm not sure Dabo Sweeney, the way Clemson's been the last couple of years, he seemed like he was going to be at some point the heir apparent. apparent. If you're Dan Lanning, you are a grad assistant there, but you, you leave Oregon when you're going to the Big Ten? Do you leave Phil Knight? I don't know. I really don't know. I can't wait to see how it shakes out. Speaking of Dan Lanning, there is a report from uh, Matt Zenitz from 24-7 Sports. Dan Lanning is staying at Oregon. Sources tell 24-7 Sports reports last night were inaccurate. Lane, it just does not seem to be a fit with Greg Byrne, the athletic director at Alabama, kind of hearing some stories and obviously the exit of Lane. I mean, he was basically fired on the precipice of the national championship game as he was yep. getting ready to depart, Saban is going to have a say in this. I mean, there's going to be, yep. obviously, conversations with Nick Saban and Greg Byrne and what they're going to do in this one. I just can't see Lane getting it, and, and he continued to go down the road of what happens. I mean, do you make a call to a guy like Kalen DeBoer? Well, he has absolutely no connections to the South, and we've seen plenty of coaches that have made that move, not to a place like Alabama, but just to the SEC. And it just doesn't work. I mean, you you have to have those kind of connections. It is a different model and what they do there. And all of a sudden, this coaching job that is the best in the sport, I mean, there is nothing that you need that they don't have from a recruiting base to the way that they do it. I heard a great story last night, um, and I, I listened to so many different things. I apologize. I can't remember where I heard it from. But when he showed up, at Alabama, and when he was going through the facility, he before he even had the job, but he was just visiting, and he said, all right, this is wrong, this is wrong, nope, we're not doing it this way, had the blueprint there, and it rubbed a lot of the old rank and file at Alabama wrong. Fortunately for Alabama, the people that actually made the decision made the right one and hired Saban, but he did things in a completely different way. He has the... I don't know if you can think of a guy that just has that burning desire to always get better. Uh, yesterday, Tua, he was on the Rich Eisen show. He said after they won the national championship, and he, he took a sack on first down on the winning drive of that ball game. After the game, Coach Saban comes up to him and said, you know, why'd you take a sack on first down? I mean, they're, they're celebrating a national championship. This is their first conversation after the game. And Tua thought, well, this is the time I can kind of throw a joke there. He says to Saban, well... You know, I just wanted to give us a little bit more room to get that touchdown. Saban said that's that's not funny. I mean, that's just that shows you how dialed in he was. Remember when he complained early in the BCS days or the uh, the 14 playoff when the calendar was pushed back another week? He was pissed 
because he could be out there recruiting at that time. And he was upset that they had to play a week later. Never mind the 25 million people are watching your game. And I'm going to guess a couple of recruits. He was mad that he was behind in the recruiting calendar because they had to play a national championship game as forward thinking, forward facing of an individual that's always striving to be better. Nick Saban. No, he always was. And look at the results. It speaks for itself. But just uh, an amazing, amazing run. Um, you know, what does this mean? What does this mean for the SEC? Do they take a step back now? It'll be fun to watch. Uh, college athletics, we know, is changing with the uh, with the conference lineup. Not not the same as it's been the last couple of years going forward. So, and then when the ACC implodes, you got to assume that there's going to be some more school. I think he's done. I do. Yeah. I think he's done. I don't think Belichick is done. Uh, I'm not sure about Pete Carroll. Man, he's, he's, he's certainly got a lot of energy. But doesn't there come a point where you just sit back and you're in your early 70s, you've got all the money that you could possibly want for the rest of your life? I don't know. I don't know what moves people. Everybody's different, right? I mean, Belichick seems to want to go to the office every day and get in at six and, and work on games pl- game plans. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, I, I would be surprised. Uh, if Pete Carroll comes back, I'd be shocked if Nick Saban does. But I think Bill Belichick wants to coach again. He wants to get that record. NFL wins, and that's something he's yep. going to be chasing. Already this morning reports that both Atlanta and Washington have interest. I think most everybody will have some interest at one way or the other if you have an open position to get a guy like Bill Belichick. What's that? Uh, one more on the Saban front as we localize things. Two different directions to go. A, Caden Proctor. And I will pass along what I heard. There were a lot of rumblings here throughout when he was back home about Caden Proctor not having the best of times during his freshman campaign at Alabama. It was it was tumultuous. He was awful early in the season. He was yeah, up to was. almost 400 pounds. He had gained a ton of weight in the offseason. He was trying to work himself back into shape. He really struggled. By the middle part of the season, though, he made big improvements. Now he got beat up by the Michigan defensive line. Guess what? The Joe Moore award-winning offensive line at Washington had the same thing. That Michigan defensive line was great. He made big improvements, and now the window opens back up. The transfer portal is closed, except for something like this. When a coach leaves a 30-day window, could there be a possibility? From what I have heard, there was some communication during the winter break. It didn't go anywhere, but there was at least some communication. Now, he's got fences to mend in Iowa City if he wants to make a return there. Uh, that's something that you have to look like. But at minimum, there is there was some smoke, I should say. I shouldn't say is. There was some smoke when he was back home. He's back in Alabama as he was there for the team meeting yesterday. I uh, heard from somebody that said, saw him at the airport. He had a boot on. Uh, is he at the airport making his way back to Tuscaloosa yesterday and battling the storm? And that's also a reason this was delayed. It was, in fact, supposed to be announced on Tuesday but Caden Proctor and a number of the different players that were scattered across the country because of the weather across the country couldn't get back home. And that's why it was delayed uh, an extra day. I heard that from, oh, I think it was uh, one of the guys with the Yahoo Sports crew uh, that said that one. So we got that local angle, and then it makes you think, Kirk Ferentz, I mean, this is, well, connections obviously to both Belichick and Saban, but he's getting right up there at the same age as those guys, just three years behind. Starts to make those wheels turn a little bit harder. How much longer for Kirk Ferentz? No, you're 100% right, Trent. Anybody who gets that age right has to be, uh, has to be wondering. Um, I, I don't know. It seems like Ferris just loves it, right? He just mm-hmm. loves it. And, you know, you would have thought there would have been an, an opportunity and out and people would have understood it if he, you know, wanted to, did want to be a part of hiring, uh, his son's replacement at the offensive coordinator, but there was never seemingly any inkling from, uh, from the head man himself. But once you get up into that age, look, you can't, you can't, 
stay at your job forever. Um, and Ferentz, does he make it to 70? I, does he have a target? You know, I think everybody, once you get to that point, you you look at the finish line or you see where it is and, and you hope you can get to that. And I'm assuming that Ferentz is maybe at 70 years old. Um, who knows? Who knows where it is for him? But um, look, there's not a lot of sand left in that hourglass. I don't think anybody would argue with that. Getting down towards the last hole or two of the 18 for Kirk Ferentz and his, right. his coaching career. career. Yes. Yeah. Bill Belichick. A guy that I know you hate the Patriots. I mean, I, I get it. You've seen your Broncos. I lose love to the, the story. I mean, yeah. you just gotta you gotta respect the hell out of what they did. But everybody was. I mean, they became you know public enemy number one. Mm-hmm. I mean, who wants the Patriots? They're kind of like the Chiefs are now, right? Right. Kind of like the Dodgers are about to become. The Dodgers are the new Yankees with the way they're spending money. Um, there's always one of those villains. Sports needs villains, mm-hmm. and the Patriots were that team for a long, long time. And if you're a Patriots fan, uh, you had a uh, a block of a period of your lifetime that you will never see again, fandom wise, uh, in in the NFL because it's not going to happen in salary cap era. Made that Belichick and Brady and Brady kept taking team friendly contracts so they could spread that money around uh, and look at the results. In th- unthinkable in today's environment in a salary cap era to be able to build a dynasty in that fashion. It's incredible. Now, I mean, a lot of people are connecting the dots to Vrabel, and that would be the one that would make a whole lot yeah. of sense there. But you're talking about the same kind of thing. Now, Vrabel, it's different circumstances. We're not talking about sitting head coaches like we are with the Alabama job. We're talking about a guy that is looking for work. And so maybe yep. that makes it a little bit more tenable there. It Does it feel like it is just as simple as that? Vrabel's going to get the job and they'll go from there? Yeah, I, with, with, with this one caveat... They draft what two or three? They're they're way up in the draft. Three uh, yeah. Bears have the they draft three, so they need a quarterback. Uh, and I don't know if Drake May is going to be there at two or not. Washington drafts two. I'm assuming they would be two. They need a quarterback. Do you want a defensive coach like Vrabel, mm-hmm. or do you want a young offensive mind like one of those thirty or thirty something, forty somethings offensive minds? Uh, the, the guy in Detroit comes to mind uh, that come can ben Johnson, come in here. Yeah. Yes, take that Ben Jar. Take the take the young uh, quarterback, whoever you take number. Maybe it's Jane Daniels. Maybe it is. Um, you know, he's probably you're overdrafting at three, but he's not going to be there the next time. You know, your turn comes around. Maybe you can go back. But if you are going to start a new era coaching wise, you're seemingly going to start a new era quarterback wise. Maybe you want an offensive mind. Brabel makes a ton of sense, but he's not an offensive coach. That would be the uh, you know my only pushback, uh, as limited as that is. It's going to be a lot of fun covering all this, watching all this, and all the rumors that are out there, all the innuendo. It's it's going to be wild to try to f- cover this up. And, and then we get to Pete Carroll, guy that obviously spent some time up in Ames way back in the day. Pete Carroll, just kind of a ho-hum, sorry, you, yeah. you picked the wrong day to walk away, I guess, huh? Yeah, really. that's for sure, uh, because he was news for what, a couple hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the end of the day, things had changed, and uh, of course they changed again this morning. Just a remarkable, not even 24 hours of sports, but uh, but what a time period. Uh, Black Monday, all those coaches that got fired on, on Monday, that seems like a long time ago now. I mean, I don't know what's, if there is another shoe to drop, but boy, that was uh, that was quite a day, January the 10th and into the 11th. Uh, coaching-wise in uh, in the NFL and college football. 
All right. I, I don't know if this is going to play over the air, but I have to play this. This is absolutely wonderful. Belichick is at the podium right now. He has just come up there for his walking away press conference. You got to hear Belichick. Ho- hopefully this comes around and you can hear this okay, Ken, and, and the listeners can too, because it's a line only Bill Belichick can deliver. All right, morning. Seen this many cameras since we signed Tebow. <laughs> Uh, haven't seen this many think? cameras since we signed Tebow. Tebow, oh my God, yeah, that's awesome. I thought that's what he said. Yeah, what what a time. Uh, dead panning <laughs> it and, and Belichick in perfect fashion. It just it's going to be interesting. It, it really is so much going on. So well, rank him. Where does where does he go? Rank him real quick if you had to. Does Atlanta make sense? I'm not sure. They need a quarterback. He's gone through that yeah. now the last four years. Right. I don't think he wants to go that direction. I really think Washington. You have yeah. the regime shame that's that's happening. There's going to be yeah. not just a new coach, but also a new GM. Can he handpick somebody? Is it somebody that he will work with? How much control is Washington willing to go? I, I think that's the one. Plus, it is an organization. He's going back to he'd go back to the NFC East, and I think that's something that matters. With his background, obviously, with the Giants being in the Northeast, a guy that yeah. is a football historian. Unlike maybe anybody else in the NFL and what he, how he loves old football and just the history of the league. I think Washington would make a whole lot of sense. Put a new name in there, whatever it turns out to be, they go that direction. That would be the one that I'd say is probably the betting favorite. Yeah, we'll see. That makes sense. When you get Bama, ask him if there's any Harbaugh, Alabama. Oh, Have you seen that at all? I haven't, no. that's. I mean, if, if you're Alabama, wouldn't you... I don't know. He seems like he's ticketed for the for the NFL, but I don't think things are going to uh, work themselves out in Michigan. I don't know. Just uh, just throwing that out um, as a long shot. Maybe come out of nowhere. Nobody saw this coming. We'll see. Throw it against the wall. Maybe it won't stick, but maybe it does. Uh, looking uh, offshore right now, the next Alabama head coach Dabo is the favorite at four to one. Lane Kiffin five to one. How about Dion at six to one? Kalen DeBoer also six to one. Pat Shermer yuck nine to one. Urban Meyer ten to one. Uh, some of the names that are on the list there. And next Seahawks head coach Dan Quinn even money uh, for Dan Quinn to be the next Seahawks coach. Haven't seen anything yet on the Patriots job, but we'll definitely pass that along. Well, Ken, we're running short on time. Safe travels. Uh, you, yeah. m- you mentioned the Iowa State women, that comeback victory last night. Caitlin Clark doing her thing. They got off to a great start against Purdue. Uh, hit the half quarter. That didn't count. That was ridiculous at the end of the half as they were given a foul away. Chucked it up and hit it for Caitlin. And then the Drake men. Uh, what a performance out of them. Tucker DeVries, the, the whole group really got going. Really impressive, impressive performance and got all four wins out of the uh, big four last night. Two on the women's side, two on the men's side. Yeah, good to, good to see. So, um, who, who's straight tied? Was it Belmont? I mean, they clobbered them off over the weekend, right? Yeah, Belmont's up there. Indiana State and Southern Illinois are all at the gotcha. top. Yep. Gotcha. Going to be a heck of a race, Trent. It really is. Safe travels, and, well, we'll be waiting for you when you get back home. Don't push it. Don't push it. There's no reason to be nope. driving through the snow. You don't I'm have to hustle. And we're off on Monday, so no worries yeah, about getting back that. too quick. How many picks for tomorrow, by the way? Five will we use five more picks? What I think we, we gotta do five. I think we have to. I think you have to because you're <laughs> further behind. I am. Five you're, it is. You're four and one got me last week, and you've extended your lead up eight games now as we flip into the playoff mode. I'm in deep trouble now. I, I might have to just yeah. fade every pick of yours and hope to go that way. 
Yeah, you're you're up against it. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have uh, a good day. Sounds good. Ken Miller checking in from the road as he leaves Albuquerque to Oklahoma next, and then his final foray coming up, weather depending, uh, tomorrow getting back here to Des Moines. We're getting out to Green Bay next. Dave Sinekin, the head cheese, is going to join us. We'll break down the Packers and the Cowboys. What a game that has a chance to be coming up on Sunday. Really looking forward to that game. It'll be a monster TV number in Green Bay. We know Jordan Love has made an ascension. How about this defense? Want to talk about that with Dave. We also got your opportunity to win some chicken wings from the Chicken Coop coming up here later on this hour. Hour 2, Hawkeye Talk with David Eichold. Bama Bob on Nick Saban. My picks all to come here on Miller and Condon. Right now, it's time for you to have a chance to win $1,000. It's time for the $1,000 swoosh. Head to KXNO.com right now and enter the nationwide keyword. It's credit. Credit for your chance to win $1,000. Once again, that's credit at KXNO.com. Standard data and message rate supply. Stay tuned for your next chance to win one hour from now here on Miller & Condon. Credit KXNO.com, your chance to win. Talking Packers, Cowboys next. With Dave Sinekin, we continue. It's Miller & Condon on 106.3. Careers. You know, there's sometimes I wonder why I even play this song because it brings back just so many awful memories for me. Welcome back. It is Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon with you. Noted Bears fan. Brett Favre. Aaron Rodgers. Now Jordan Love. Dave Sinekin joins us. The Head Cheese. TC Head Cheese on Twitter. Dave, what's happening, my man? I had hope going into week 18 as a Bears fan. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Well, you just don't believe that history will continue to repeat itself, uh-huh. which I guess I understand. But yeah, I mean, it's just one of those one of those things. Matt Lafleur, uh, Jordan Love appear to be the new owners of Bears, and we'll uh, <laughs> look forward to getting a certificate in their office soon. Oh boy, it was more of the same in a game where I thought we were going to see much more out of the Bears' offense because, well, until the Vikings game. That Packers defense just had been playing so poorly, and there were so many conversations about how this team was going to be able to hold up, even with the improvements offensively and Jordan Love. So is it a mirage, what we've seen these last two weeks against the Vikings and the Bears, or is it opponent base? Where are you now with the Packers defense and hope going up against a team we know can score a lot of points and do it at home in Dallas? Yeah, can I get back to you Sunday night about 7? <laughs> Uh, I, don't, I really don't know what to make of the defense because of the two offenses the Packers have played. I understand the Bears' offense has looked better, but you know it's still the Bears in a big spot on the road in a place they don't win very often. I will say, you know, going back the last three games, the Packers' run defense has been way better than it was, you know, prior to that, which is a, a development we've been looking for for a long time. And I don't really know the answer to that. They haven't had their preferred starting linebackers together. Uh, the safeties have been out, so it's it's kind of strange. But um, it's it certainly, you know, I don't know that they've saved Joe Barry's job. I mean, actually, you know, if they shut down the Cowboys, he's probably back. But short of that, I do think they're going to move on. But it just seems like they just got into a bit of a rhythm, and they're starting to believe in themselves a bit, and maybe it was kind of an us-against-the-world thing. But, you know, again, Jaron Hall, uh, that Bears offense at Lambeau on a slow track, I'm not going to read a whole lot into it. We know that 
Green Bay is going to absolutely have their hands full defensively with C.D. Lamb and Dak and that offense. So uh, I think there are going to be a lot of points scored Sunday. I don't think Green Bay can stop them. I think it'll be a question of whether uh, Dallas can stop Green Bay as well. Jordan Love, what you've seen out of him and going forward, the emergence has been incredible. How about the young receivers, too? Uh, where, A, we are with Christian Watson, any hope of getting him out there and, and being not just a guy that can go out there and you know, run 10, 12 routes, but be an impact kind of player. And just these young receivers and what a young quarterback's doing with young receivers, that's maybe the most confounding part about this. This is not Jordan Love walking into a group of veterans here. Doing it with so many young guys is incredible. It is, and that's what's kind of historic about what Green Bay's done offensively, especially in the last eight or nine weeks. No team's ever had more production out of first- and second-year receivers as a group, and it's not just three guys. It's like seven or eight guys. I think Bull Melton, who wasn't even on the active roster before Week 15, finishes with 15 catches, 215 yards, and a couple touchdowns the last three games because he's pressed into service with injuries to other guys. So uh, it's just been, as a fan, so fun to watch this team, which, you know, eight weeks ago they couldn't score in the first quarter. They they stumbled in the red zone. They were not putting points up against mediocre offenses to see how they've grown and figured it out. I mean, Jordan Love, you know, is playing at an elite level. I mean, there's no putting anything around it, and he's not playing terrible defenses. You know, he's dealing with a cavalcade of receivers in and out, checking the injury report every week to see who's up, who's down. I see your question on Christian Watson. I'm in that I'll believe it when I see it camp. Mm-hmm. Um, they just lightly yesterday, and he was a limited participant in practice. The only guy on the offense that did not practice was A.J. Dillon. All the receivers were available. Uh, we'll get more clarity the next day or two. Um, the latest reports were that Watson was 75 to 80% going into that Detroit game, which is not what was sort of put out there to the media and a bit of a surprise. So I don't know that he's going to improve that much to be able to play if he does play, I'm sure it's a snap count. I'm sure it's more of a decoy than a playmaker. But, you know, I, I, it's hard to know at this point in the week what they're going to get out of Watson. But uh, to watch this offense, which really functions as it has the last few weeks because of the return of Aaron Jones, who you know has three straight 100-yard days when he returned to the lineup. And we've been saying that all year. He's the engine that makes the offense go, and it took a while for him to get healthy, a lot longer than anybody would have wanted or hoped. But when he's healthy, and at that stadium, he's had a couple of epic games. He's an El Paso guy. He loves Texas. Uh, if Green Bay is going to stay in it in the fourth quarter, it's going to be because Aaron Jones has had another big-time productive day against the Cowboys. You mentioned, obviously, Watson dealing with that hamstring, and it's a hamstring. As we know, with that injury, it can it could go at any time. What about Romeo Dobbs? You mentioned all those wide receivers are at least back in some capacity uh, practicing, practicing out there, but needed evaluation at a hospital during uh, after he left the game against the Bears on Sunday, limited with that chest injury. What do we know about that injury? Yeah, I guess initially he thought he just bit his lip when he was uh, coughing up some blood on the mm-hmm. sideline after landing hard in the end zone. Uh, but after maybe checking for the cut and they didn't find one, they realized it was something more serious. So he did spend some time in the hospital, uh, returned home, but he was also listed among those Packers participating in a limited fashion. So, um, again, it's it's Thursday, midday. They'll get out and practice later today. Uh, we'll hear a lot more over the next 24 to 30 hours. But, uh, you know, the way the pass catchers are playing right now, I don't know that it's a, a huge loss. I mean, I, I know Dobbs has been injured a bit and he's reliable, but I might rank him fourth on the Packers wide receiver depth chart right now as far as 
Uh, if I had to miss one guy on Sunday, he might be the fourth guy. I, I just look at the emergence of Jaden Reed and Dontavian Wicks, two rookies who I think are going to have really, really productive, strong careers with this team. Uh, I like Dobbs, but I, I'm not going to be sweating too hard if he can't be up Sunday. I just think there's enough depth and proven depth behind him to, uh, to take care of business if he can't play. Dave, you mentioned Aaron Jones and his importance of this game. Another big key, obviously, is keeping that pass rush slowed down from Dallas. What are we seeing up front out of this Packers offensive line? And, and do you anticipate a little more quick passing game, getting the ball out? Because you have to limit Micah Parsons in that defense. Yeah, I, I think they've been uh, one of the most productive offenses again over the last six, seven weeks. The offensive line has held up. It's stayed healthy. I think one of the most under-told stories about this team this year is how last year's seventh-round pick, uh, Rashid Walker out of Penn State, has just stepped in for David Bakhtiari. And while they weren't sure early in the year and they rotated him in and out with Josh Nyman, something clicked midseason. He's been a top-25 tackle in this league over the last eight or nine weeks and given them just a real the confidence that he can handle Jordan Love's line side. Zach Tom is emerging as a high-caliber right tackle, and uh, in the interior is, is solid, if not spectacular. Elton Jenkins is the left guard, the best of that group, but he's been banged up and not playing at 100%. Uh, they've protected well. Uh, well. I think they're the number seven pass-blocking unit in the NFL. I certainly fear the Cowboys' pass rush, but it hasn't been dominant as, as maybe it looked early in the year. And I look at the teams they've beaten at home. I know they score 35, 40 points a game. Incredible at home. But, man, Trent, you look at the teams they played, their their lousy division, including the Eagles late in the season when they were in free fall. They beat the Patriots and the Jets. Uh, they beat the Seahawks, but they gave up 35 points to the Seahawks. They probably should have lost to the Lions yeah. a couple weeks ago. So I look at that dominant 16-game home winning streak and how the defense has flexed, and I go, okay, but how many offenses have they slowed down? I, I guess I'm not as concerned about that pass rush. I think Green Bay will have answers for it, and, whether it's Aaron Jones uh, out of the backfield as a receiver or, as you say, just some quick passes over the middle to their tight ends or Jaden Reed. I think the Packers will have answers for that pass rush. I you know, I'm, I'm, I think I'm more concerned about uh, Green Bay's uh, secondary, obviously, especially mm-hmm. in the middle of the field where they struggle and where C.D. Lamb lives. I'm real curious whether Joe Barry puts Jair Alexander in the slot to deal with Lamb because that's the biggest mismatch, Lamb versus Keyshawn Nixon. If Jair's cover him inside, um, you're trusting some youngsters on the outside. Maybe Brandon Cooks cooks you, but uh, C.D. Lamb is the guy that I'm circling. If he has another gigantic day, I don't know if Green Bay can keep up. So I have a feeling here, if you're uh, playing this one, if you got the Packers to win this game, if you're maybe dabbling on the money line here, you also think this game's going to go over the total, right? I mean, this thing's going to be cruising over the, what, 51 that it's at right now. If the Packers win, it's not going to be 2017. It's going to be have to be 31-27, something like that? I think so. I, I really do like the over here. I think it's going to be a game in the upper 20s or even cracking the 30s. Uh, Green Bay's offense is notably better against man coverage, which is what Dallas plays. Green Bay's offense is notably better on turf as opposed to grass, check and check. Um, so I think everything's laid out for uh, these two quarterbacks, the top two touchdown passing quarterbacks in the league this year. They have a lot of success. I mean, that, you wonder about nerves, you know, youngest team in the league. Uh, are they nervous or do they just be in, expect to be here? The pressure's on Dallas and Mike McCarthy against his old team. 
Uh, so nerves and turnovers are something to worry about. But, yeah, I, I like the over in this game. I think it's a high-scoring affair for sure. Packer preview on KFAN Sunday mornings on the flagship WKFAN and also in the zone with Trent Tucker. Speaking of in the zone, Timberwolves, boy, I thought they had the Celtics last night. We're going to hand Boston their only loss of the season. Alas, didn't happen as they fall in overtime. Tatum was an absolute stud. But takeaway, I, yes, it's a frustrating loss because they could have had the game. But again, says a lot about the talent of this Timberwolves team. Yeah, it really does. I looked at it like a throwaway game. They had a big win in Orlando the night before. They didn't even fly into Boston until the day of the game yesterday. Uh, they didn't have Mike Conley or Rudy Gobert. I know that Boston was out was without Porzingis, but they were coming off a game where the refs kind of threw the game or made some terrible calls against the Panthers that cost them that game. They were angry, ornery, and uh, the Wolves had beaten them earlier in the season in Minneapolis. So it was a recipe for a loss. The man, they competed so hard. They they were ahead mostly, virtually the entire second half. Just some mistakes down the stretch. The one thing Anthony Edwards has to kind of learn as a burgeoning superstar is you can't do it all yourself at the end of the game. I think he had three or four turnovers in the last three minutes that really derailed the efforts. But, yeah, I mean, as a Wolves fan, you have to come away from that thinking everything was against you. It was a scheduled game that you figured you're going to lose. And they gave it away at the end, as it turned out. So, Young team, exciting team with a lot of talent, a deep team, the team that's still learning how to win tough games on the road against great teams, and that's something they're going to have to keep learning if they want to play deep in the spring. But that's it's a good learning opportunity last night. Uh, you come away thinking, yeah, this, this team can't compete with anybody right now. Dave, I'm hopeful we're talking next week and talking about another game for the Packers and not putting a cap on the season. Yes, as a Bears fan, I can say that because a local is better for us than having the Dallas Cowboys move on. (laughs) Best of luck to your squad, as difficult as it for me to say that. I appreciate that. I know know that hurts a little bit. (laughs) I'll be surprised uh, if we talk next week. I'd be delighted to do it. Uh, Just want it to be a game into the fourth quarter that's still up for grabs, and I'll be really happy with it. How the Packers showed up. Appreciate it, Trent. Dave Sedekin joining us. You can find his coverage, zonecoverage.com. They cover the Packers, the Vikings, the Wild, the Timberwolves, the Twins up there, as Dave is based in Minneapolis. Zonecoverage.com for Dave Sinekin. Not just the Packers, but a whole lot also of his stomping grounds there in Minnesota. Quick timeout. When we come back, it's your chance to win. Dials it up right now at 515-284-5966, 284-KXNO. It's your chance to win some grub from the Chicken Coop. $50 gift certificate to our winner. Second place gets 20 wings. All you have to do, pick four games against the point spread, plus we have a tiebreaker if it comes down to that. 284-5966, your chance to win wings from the Chicken Coop as we continue Miller and Condon. in Johnston. We continue here. It's Miller and Condon on KXNO. Kicking you up until 1 o'clock this afternoon. Trent Condon with you solo this weekend. Checked in earlier in the program. He'll be back with us, though. As long as he can battle through that snow when we return next week. Right now, it's a chance for you to win. From the Chicken Coop, three locations across the metro. Urbandale, West Des Moines, and Ankeny. Three great locations. Always great wings and a whole lot more at the Chicken Coop. Make sure to stop on out there and uh, watch a big weekend of football and basketball. And that's what we're going to be talking about here today. We got Steve, two gyms, and a Tyson ready to go. 
We open it up with Steve. Steve, good late morning to you. How you doing? Good. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. All right. We got college basketball, women's college basketball, and the NFL. That's what we're doing here. We open things up tomorrow night. Late tip-off from Carver, Iowa, Nebraska. It's a pick Nebraska, unfortunately. <laughs> Game number two, also coming up Saturday evening, Kansas City now up to a four-and-a-half-point favorite at home against the Dolphins. I like KC. KC laying the points. The Packers are getting seven-and-a-half in Dallas. All Cowboys. All Cowboys roll. Rams getting three-and-a-half in Detroit. I'll take um, Detroit. And the tiebreaker for this week, total points Saturday night in the big matchup, Iowa-Indiana in women's basketball, total points between the Hawkeyes and the Hoosiers. 162. 162. Good luck, Steve. Thank you. Up next here on the Chicken Coop giveaway, we have Jim K on the line. What's up, Jim? Not much. How you doing? Doing well. Tomorrow night in Carver, Hawkeyes against the Huskers in men's hoop. It's a pick 'em. I'm going to take Iowa. Kansas City, the Chiefs playing host to the Dolphins, four and a half the number. Kansas City. Green Bay getting seven and a half in Dallas. Dallas. And the Rams, they're getting three and a half in Detroit. I'm going to take the Rams. And the tiebreaker total points, Hoosiers, Hawkeyes, women's hoop Saturday night. 175. 175. Thank you, Jim. Yep, thank you. From one Jim, we go to the other. This is Jim H. What's happening, Jim? Oh, just looking at the beautiful snow. <laughs> we got more coming our way. Uh, uh, the Huskers, they're going to be making their way across the state. I'm going to guess they probably got an early jump on things, making their way over as they go to Carver tomorrow night. Nebraska, Iowa, pick them. Another winter snowstorm when Iowa has a home game. But, right. Um, I'm going to take the Hawkeyes. All right, Iowa gets it done two in a row if they can get a win. Dolphins, they're getting four and a half in Kansas City. Too cold for the Dolphins. Give me the Chiefs. Dallas, they're laying seven and a half at home against the Pack. I would probably pick Russia if they were playing the Cowboys, so I'll take the Packers. All right, we got a Packer pick. And the Rams, they're getting three and a half in Detroit. Lions. We wrap things up with our tiebreaker this week. Hoosiers, Hawkeyes, women's basketball. Big matchup a year ago. It ended in a buzzer beater by Caitlin Clark. Total points in the game. 144. 144. Thank you, Jim. Thanks. And Tyson brings the chicken coop contest to a close for another week. What's up, Tyson? Not much. How's it going? Going well. Iowa, Nebraska, hoops tomorrow night from Carver Hawkeye Arena. Pick them. Who do you like between the Huskers and the Hawks? Nebraska. We go to Kansas City where the Chiefs are favored by four and a half against Miami. Give me the Dolphins. Going with Miami, our first Dolphin pick. Green Bay plus seven and a half at Dallas. Always Dallas. Always Dallas. And the Rams, they're getting three and a half in Detroit. Give me Detroit. And we wrap things up. Total points, Hawkeyes, Hoosiers, and women's hoops. 176. 176. Good luck, Tyson. Thank you. Tyson, Jim, Jim, and Steve, those are our picks of the week.
Brought to you by the Chicken Coop and our Chicken Coop Contest. $50 to the winner. A gift certificate that you could use for anything of your heart's desire. Second place gets 20 wings. The Chicken Coop with locations in Urbandale, Ankeny, and West Des Moines. Great place to go to watch the games. They do a wonderful job. Great food. One of my favorite stops throughout. And Dave and his crew always do a wonderful job at the Chicken Coop. And uh, I think there's going to be some people looking for games. Uh, Speaking of that... Uh, we're going to continue to build our list here of the different uh, sports bars and restaurants across the metro that are going to have the games coming up this weekend. We'll make sure to pass that along to you. So the thing about Peacock and any of these streaming platforms, you know, a sports park can't just put it on, right? They can't just buy the app for five ninety nine, get the streaming service, and then put it on a TV. There's a lot more that goes into that, much like we hear you know, with Sunday Ticket and the way that that's licensed. So it's about your capacity. It can be pretty pricey. I heard from a couple of different places. Again, we'll pass that along to you. Thanks to Dave and the Chicken Coop for our weekly contest here on Miller and Condon. When we come back on the other side, time to get David Eicholt's going to join us. We'll talk about that Iowa-Indiana matchup. Iowa-Nebraska, the two games coming up this weekend. And what's going on with that offensive coordinator search? Plus, we talked about Caden Proctor. Is there any smoke there? Well, there's definitely smoke. Is a smile... Is there any fire building about the former five-star offensive lineman coming back home? That coming up with David Eichold as we take you up until one. Miller and continues on KXNO.